don't know, some people say this is a, you know, a metaphor for life. You know, life is a big elaborate dance and it's all about keeping your feet while the music changes. Because the music does change, right? Okay, this is a recording of the Fort Amherst Foghorn. I make a lot of recordings, like this one. This is the sound of fog rolling into the harbor past my house. When I'm recording, it's the sound of the present. I put the tape on a shelf, and when I play it back, days or weeks or years later, of course, it's become the sound of the past. A little spool of memory, measuring the gap between then and now. And I feel like there's something sad about the gap, but I don't know why. It's just things changing. Of course, this isn't really the sound of fog. Fog is something you can't hear on the radio. This is a foghorn, a thing that evolved entirely because of fog. So it's kind of like the voice of fog. Okay, how about that? I made this recording of the singer Anita Best last summer. Ready? A navigation song. From Bonavis Cape to the stinking Isles, the course is north full forty miles. When you must steer away northeast Till Cape Friel's Gull Island bear nor nor west Then nor nor west thirty-three miles Three leagues offshore lies Wadham's Isles Whereof a rock you must take care Two miles south-southeast from miles it bears. Sometimes songs were used as navigational aids. For people who couldn't really read charts and maps, you wanted to know how much water was under your vessel and you wanted to uh, you'd be able to make the right turns to get around the reefs and rocks and stuff, you know. So it's kind of a song map. Yeah, oh yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, in a symbolic kind of way, yeah. So we used to sing our way around in the world, like the Australians have the song lines. Yeah. Mm. It's a it's a ni- interesting idea to, to find your way around in the world by song. Mm. Therefore, my friend, I would you advise, since all those rocks in danger lies, that you may never amongst them fall. But keep your luff and weather them all. A friend of mine likes to point out that Newfoundland is the oldest non-Aboriginal culture in the Americas. Before the Plains Indian had the horse, we were here singing the fishing grounds. Like the foghorn with the fog, we evolved entirely because of the fish. And for five centuries, we sang, we danced, we spoke the language of fish. Our culture was their voice. Then, suddenly, the fish were gone. It was 12 years ago. The tapes on my shelf sound like this. In the new 
news tonight. Net loss. Atlantic ground fish stocks nosedive amid warnings of economic disaster in the maritime fishery. It's a major social and economic catastrophe. That's the best way of saying it. It's a big thing. You know, it's just to give up on it. When, when there, there is hope, there's always hope, but not much of it. But my mind frame now is telling me that the fish is not caught, it's gone, it's moved somewhere, right? And in time, it'll come back to us. You know, it's just, you can't even imagine never having a caught again. Twelve years later, people can imagine it. The cod fishery is still closed, taking 30,000 jobs with it. Lots of people have left. There were 12,000 a year leaving the island at one point. And some fishing communities have died. This is one of them, a place called Harbour Deep. I took my tape recorder there four years ago, when it was still alive. Now we're about seven miles south of Harbour Deep. Now we're around this turn and up into the bay. That's what it is. Around that headland there. Mm-hmm. It was a three-hour ferry ride to get there. No road. Takes about another 40 minutes. Fast forward that 40 minutes to the community itself. A small church, maybe 40 houses, a general store, and everyone talked about leaving. We're just packing. We're ready to getting ready to go. Where are you going? On the ferry tomorrow. I'm going to New Brunswick. Yeah, and uh... you've been here all your life. Yes, yeah, I've been there all my life. Has it changed a lot in the last few years? Yes, yeah. I mean, people are moving out too now, you know, it makes a lot of difference to the place. There's no inshore fishery now like there used to be. Mm. Years ago, you know, everyone be fishing there and uh, that made a lot of difference. Yeah. But now that's all gone. And there's not many people around, you know, and that makes it look, look lonely. Yeah. Would you like to have a cup of tea? You said you like to have a cup of tea. I'll, give, I'll put the kit and give you a cup of tea. Thank but, you. But I tell you, that Grace can give you more. The fish didn't come back, and the people left. A year after I visited, the isolated fishing community vanished from the map. But it lives on as a dance. A dance that, for centuries, was done nowhere else but in Harbour Dee. A pattern of steps called running the goat. Let me put that tape back on the shelf for a minute and play you this one. The museum. This fishing community is still here, so far. Petty Harbour. And this is a picture that uh, was donated a little while ago. Petty Harbour in 1898, as, as it was then. Yeah. The only place you'll find a commercial cod fishery here today is in the town museum. Petty Harbour is near Newfoundland's capital of St. John's, and the proximity to the city gives it a fighting chance for survival. Its little museum isn't that unusual, but the office just down the hall is. The sign on the door says, Petty Harbour Development Corporation. Uh, my name is uh, Jim Hamlin, and I'm, the, uh, I'm on the Petty Harbour Matters Cove Development Corporation. Uh, my name is Nat Hutchings. I'm a mayor of the community. I think there's been a great psychological change. For many people, 
you know, their lives would totally change. Who they were, their productivity. Your identity is tied to what you can produce and how you see yourself being productive and others seeing you being productive, you know. And if you take that away, it's a big change. It's more like a, a culture shock. I mean, your culture all your lifetime is, is the fishery, the fishery. I mean, you're eating, you're living, you're breeding the fishery. And all of a sudden, I mean, that's, that's gone. I mean, it's like a death. I mean, it's, it's so total. And it's no getting that part back. So, I mean, after a while, you got to do something. And I believe that's what the community done. I'd say 99% of the community said, I can't live like this. I've got to do something. I've got to go on with my life. You know, our community got to be sustainable. The people in the community said, listen, I'm going to do something and I'm going to fail. And the consensus was that people saw that tourism could be a way in which to create new employment, create new business opportunities, and help make the bridge to what I guess has become the new economy for us now. So many people come in, they say, we travel across the island, we're in numerous craft shops, but this is the best one so far. The new economy at work. This used to be Weir's general store in Petty Harbour, selling groceries and canned goods to residents. Now it's the old craft store, offering crafts and souvenirs to tourists. It's still the old-fashioned shop. The old general store, only the merchandise has changed. If the Town Development Corporation has its way, shops like this are just the beginning. Their four-year strategic tourism plan predicts that if they can raise the funds and build the infrastructure, the average visitor would drop $25 per visit on food, souvenirs and attractions. That could generate $3 million a year and 150 jobs. This is the architect's architect's plan here, is it? Yes. And basically, a four-year plan put in place basically the infrastructure you know, interactive history, a museum, restaurant, that you need in order to attract people, keep people here, being able to have people spend their money in our communities. It's a tourism industry that you're basing on the identity. What we have now, Yes, basically. Just adding, say, some infrastructure. Amenities, right? People want, you know, they want to see what you have, but they're consumers too. Our, our philosophy is a change in that we've looked for new ways in order to... Uh, maintaining our communities, and one of the things is is the tourism industry. Okay, here's how it's going to go. For the next 10 minutes, you're going to get some uh, crash course instructions on a dance called Running Goat. Ironically, while the live community of Petty Harbour tools up a four-year plan to catch tourists, the dead community's dance doppelganger is already reeling them in. Not, of course, in Harbour Deep, the community is gone, but in tourist entertainments elsewhere around the island. This one is held in Trinity Bay, and every Wednesday night from June to September, running the goat dance is a big hit with tourists. Tanya Kearley calls the dance. Harbour Deep is part of that race of communities that are this gone, and what have we got to show? Oh, we got their dance. You know, we have the essence of Harbour Deep in a dance, in a little vial that I can take out every Wednesday night and open it and go, look, poof, here's some pixie dust from Harbour Deep. And now for a moment and for 25 minutes, we're all going to be people from Harbour Deep running the goat. It's disgusting in a way, but completely inevitable and natural and good in another. For visitors and for locals alike, to be able to dance in a choreographed piece of authentic 
it's a very loaded word there, authentic Newfoundland dance and music is the experience they're looking for. It is the shoehorn into the cultural experience. I can tell you how many people leave the dance hall and say, you've made my stay. Teaching a dance like that to tourists, it's obviously different yeah. than, than a community which used to do it as its own dance. Mm -hmm. And uh, I stopped doing the dance for a long time, actually, because I wasn't... Uh, I wasn't sure the ends justified the means. Academically, uh, my training is, is as a folklorist. And um, the longer that I operated in the tourism industry as a folklorist, the more I began to realize that tourism is eclipsing culture and swallowing it up whole. And what they're spitting out is, is, uh, is enough to make your gall rise. We're laying down and giving it away. Sometimes it keeps me awake at night, believe it or not. It, it bothers me. But you can get all nationalistic about it and say, well, you know, uh, Newfoundland is not for sale. Go home, filthy tourist maggots. We are not a cultural strip mine. This is ours. It's not a souvenir. And there's a lot of people who are like that. But then, if it's Newfoundland treasure or not, it's just dancing. So that's how I justify it. You know, it's all about being able to adapt. What do, you, what do you say to the critics who say, well, Newfoundland communities refocusing towards tourism is going to turn the place into a kind of a folksy Disneyland? Well, there are sceptics. But the thing about it, too, is do you just throw your hands up and say, that's the end of us as a people? Is, you know, have we been here 500 years for that? There's, uh, there's another way of looking at it. I mean, uh, we had fish one time. We had employment. We got tourists now. We're fishers of people basically now rather than fishers of cod. So there'll be a Petty Harbour small boat museum and a Petty Harbour fishery interpretation centre and, with luck, the community will thrive. Thanks to heritage tourism that's not unlike the audio tapes sitting on my shelf. Spools of memory measuring the gap between how things used to be and how things are now, between an economy based on the greatest fishery in the world, destroyed a decade ago, and one based on the memory of it. A memory recorded and played back for others. <laughs>